Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Peggy Lewis with the Human Library Project. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What do they have coming up? A virtual lunch and learn. A virtual lunch and learn, which means you bring your virtual lunch. You do, or your real lunch. You just pull it up on your screen, take a fork, and nope, that's not right. Oh my gosh, that was such a dad joke. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, a virtual lunch and learn on September 16th. Wow, that's so far away. Wait. You mean the summer's almost it over? It is almost over. It's August? Yes. September is right around the over. corner. I know. Oh my gosh. I saw leaves falling off my tree yesterday and it made me very sad. <laughs> well, what's this one all about? This one is all about backup to plan B. Everyone has a plan A. They have a great idea and then the good leaders know that they better have a plan B for the just-in-case times. But great leaders have learned that even plan Bs can go south quickly. Having a backup to that not only helps the project or task get completed, but also gives credibility to the leaders. It becomes apparent that the person in charge has taken the time to think through and plan for all eventualities. Well, who's presenting this? This is presented by Dustin Clark. He is an entrepreneur and director of special projects for the city of Muncie. When will it take place? It will be on September 16th from 1130 to 1. That's a Thursday. And what are we going to learn in this thing? Well, some learning objectives are that it's okay to have a plan fail. Most plans don't work out the way they were originally conceived. You'll learn how to think of likely derailments and what must be done to get on track. You'll learn how to be able to pivot from one idea to the next. And you'll learn how to put it together and taking action without losing your stride. All right. Now... Once again, when's this going to take place? This is Thursday, September 16th from 1130 to 1. All virtual. Virtual yep. lunch and learn. Yep. I can't wait. Today in the studio, we have Peggy Lewis of the Human Library Project. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's my thrill to be here. No problem. Thanks for stopping by. Now you have to tell me all about this human library thing. What what could that possibly be? Okay. So you know a library. Yes. Yes. And so this has the same concept of a library. Why do we go to a library? We go to a library to get information because we're curious. We want to know more and understand more. So that same concept takes forward into the human library. The big difference here is... Our books are humans. Okay. And there's specific humans in that we have what we call the pillars of prejudice. And those are fluid kinds of pillars of saying that, you know, people kind of fall in, we'll have these categories of prejudice we're looking at. And so our books have experienced prejudice, stereotyping, biases in those categories. So it might be religion, it might be um, sexuality, gender, occupation, um, disabilities, any any of our 12 to 13 
um, pillars of prejudice. And our books have experienced that. So they are there to talk about their story, their own personal experiences. The difference with a library with books, Mm -hmm. a human library with humans, is it's interactive. It depends on the dialogue, the questions, where the reader, you the reader, is coming to. So let's say, for instance, you're sitting down talking to somebody who's transgender. You've never met a transgender person in your life and you don't know anything about it. There's a good opportunity to ask questions to find out more about it. Maybe you have a family member who's transgender and you're not quite sure how to talk about that with that person or how you even feel about it. There's a person can help you talk about that, answer your question. So the readings are gonna be different. It's not like, oh, let's say the, the Facing Project, Wonderful Project or one of those where it's somebody telling a story. This is going to be different every single time because it depends on what you, the reader, brings in to want to know. Really dependent upon dialogue and the questions and what, what information you want to find out. Okay. So I can go somewhere, check a person out, and then meet up with them and, and talk, yes. have coffee, or whatever. Well, maybe not have coffee, but... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> A human library is an event. Okay. Oh, it's an event. It's an event. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. okay. Right. And so with COVID, of course, we haven't had face-to-face events. We started all face-to-face. I should tell you, the human library has been going on for 20 years. What? Oh, 21 okay. now. Okay. Uh, it started in Copenhagen okay. at a festival, kind of on a, a challenge, if you will, and has slowly grown and grown and grown and grown until now we're like in 85 countries okay. around the world. Um, thousands of, of events happen every year. Um, but we were, during COVID, we were Zoomed. Okay, yeah. Yeah. On Zoom. On Zoom. And you would go to an event. And at those, you have two set half-hour sessions okay. with a book. But when we have a face-to-face event, you do go up and you look at the titles and you say, man, I'd like to check out that book. And you and that book go and sit down for a half an hour. Maybe you and one other person go and sit down with that book for a half hour and have that dialogue. Now, you say they're around the world, so I want to check out a book that's not here locally. What's that look like? Is it all Zoom? Is it... uh... Like at these live events, I guess. At the live events, it'll be people from who can get here. Interestingly enough, Muncie has one of the largest um, book depots. Really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, There was a time back in in 2019, we had an event at Minnetrista, our our first event. Mm -hmm. There have been others in the area, but it was our first event. And at that time, I think we were the third largest book depot. Okay. I don't think that's true anymore because New York has come on, but... Um, <laughs> well, we can't yeah. compete with that. Yeah. Them, you yeah. know, but, but Indiana, we have the Book Depot here, Central mm-hmm. Indiana, and there's also one in Fort Wayne. So if you put us together, okay. Indiana has pretty much a strong presence in, in the human library. Okay. So how many books approximately do we have here in Muncie? Um, I would say about 40. Okay. Not all active all the time because, again, they're they're volunteers, and so they can come sometimes and sometimes they can't. Yeah. Okay. Now, how did you get involved in this? Well, that's kind of an interesting story. I love this story myself. A friend of mine and I were driving down to Mississippi. Okay. We were going to go do a week's 
week-long adventure there, and it's a long drive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we were taking turns driving, and we each brought entertainment for the trip. And so when my friend took over driving, she said, Peggy, I have this article for you to read. So I was sitting there reading an article about the human library, and I just turned to her and I said, Mavis, we've got to do this. We have got to, I said, I want to bring this to Muncie. We need this. I want to do this. And it just sparked something in me that I I started doing some research. So I was really searching. Shortly thereafter, there was a training for the, they were starting to do what we call workplace events mm-hmm. with Eli Lilly. They had, Eli Lilly had called them and said, we'd like to do this with our people. Okay, so I was able to go to that. And it just so happened at the time, the people doing the training were the founder, Ronnie Abergale. Well, once I did that and sat and had dinner with Ronnie and the group, I was, that was it. I was done. I was hooked. Um, so since then, I've just been full force into it. I just from an article that I read. Excellent. I like yeah. that. I'd never heard of it until I met Charlize and she <laughs> talked about it. I'm like, oh, well, this seems like a really interesting mm-hmm. co- concept. So we, we should definitely talk about it on the podcast. It's so. not Absolutely. only interesting, it's powerful. Yeah. Beyond belief. I mean, I get goosebumps talking about it. Like I said, you can't shut me up about it because our goal is to, I always say, move the needle a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not to convert anybody's thinking. It's not to change your mind completely. It's to bring understanding. It's to bring people closer together. I, I look at it as building bridges. And I think we need more of that in this world. Oh, yeah. Yes, we're looking at diversity and inclusion, certainly. But to just help people understand each other. Because we, what we do is we're creating a safe place to talk about these really challenging and sensitive topics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's totally safe. That safety is one of our prime um, forces. We're, we're safety for the book, safety for the readers. It's, it's a safe place to talk and to ask those questions that people don't have. As I think that we all know or understand that fear is the driving force behind bias and prejudice. If you can break down that fear, say, well, you know, I talked to this person and I think I get it now. I love it when we talk to somebody, let's say one of our books who has um, an invisible disability that you don't get. And I think we've all been there. You see that person getting out of the handicapped parking place and you go like, yeah, why are they in there? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I know? see what you're saying, yes. Yeah, but once you have that chance to sit and talk to someone and ask questions, you go, I get it. Right, and then those questions, those, that those conversations can happen in a safe space that's not online where everybody's being trolls and jerks to each other or like oh we're at christmas dinner so all right cousin who's different than me (laughs) let's have this conversation over our turkey or whatever and like that's exactly that's not a safe place for them or for you exactly all of that and what if that person over before the thanksgiving dinner had been able to be at a human library and talk to that cousin who talked to somebody like that cousin Mm -hmm. and already have that information yeah wow I think that's a great idea. Perfect. Now, have you ever checked anybody out? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Before I actually hosted my first event, I think I had been to four library events. Okay. And I have checked the same book out multiple times. Because like I said, the conversation is never the same twice. Mm-hmm. Just as an example, I mean, when I have a chance to read one of our books as a Holocaust survivor... I check her out every time. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to yeah. learn something different yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
So I think you have a couple events coming up, right, for the Human Library. We do. We're so excited to get back in person, face-to-face and live. And we have a wonderful partner here in town, Minatrissa. So we're not only going to have two in-person events coming up. First one is August 29th. Second one is September 12th. They're each on a Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 p.m. And here's the kicker. It's in Oakhurst Gardens. We're going to be outside having a reading garden outside. I'm just, keep your fingers crossed of no rain, because I think it's going to be absolutely wonderful. I can't imagine anything better than choosing your book, going off to a bench, sitting down and talking for half an hour, and just finding out good new information. So what did you do before the human library project ah i've been an educator for most of my life okay i've taught on the west coast and the east coast i taught in in indiana no i didn't teach in indiana i taught in iowa and when we moved to indiana i thought yeah i think i'm done with that classroom stuff and i was fortunate enough to start working at ball state at teachers college and i finished my career at teachers college uh, working out of the dean's office with special programs like connections between the schools and university um and all kinds of interesting wonderful projects that i got to do there okay. so retired now i'm retired okay right. and this is my passion project that that's a myth i i hear people say i'm not sure what i'm gonna do when i retire i'm really a little bit worried that i'll be some bored or what i i don't get that <laughs> you have filled your time <laughs> i i look at my calendar and go like oh no i don't get that <laughs> so i gather you're not originally from Muncie. Where are you from? I'm not. I was uh, born and raised in California. I'm a California girl. Okay. Where at in California? Um, I lived in Central California, Stockton. If anyone knows that, if you saw American America's Got Talent the other night, they had the poet who won oh, okay. last year. Mm-hmm. And it was Stockton up behind him, and he he did a poem about Stockton. It was really it was really powerful um lived down in the monterey bay area and then we moved to maine so i mean it was that was a big that's, shift. fairly that's a significant shift. Yeah. shift yeah and then moved to iowa for the midwest and came to indiana okay wow. so what keeps you here in muncie you know it was the last spot I landed um I, I was a teacher, so I always said, my husband's job, I can go teach wherever he's going to work. And he worked for a college and university food services. Okay. So he was the director of dining at Ball State. Okay. So we came here because of Ball State. And he passed away almost six years ago now. And, you know, my kids are still in the area. And Muncie, I have good friends here. It's Since I've retired, Muncie has just blossomed to me. And I think that you can live in a community. You've got to make it your home. And I'm so glad I was able to open that door and, and find out. The human libraries would help me do this. Find out more about what this community has to offer. Because I think I think it gets a bad rap. And I think that we have a lot more to offer here than people are aware of. And there are good people here. Absolutely. Yeah. So I may not like parts of it i may not like that it's flat here <laughs> yeah no yeah no, no, no california it's no it's monterey a, bay <laughs> it's a long ways to the ocean yes. i did tell my husband that when he said we we're moving to the midwest i said that's fine it's just going to cost you more for my ocean fixes <laughs> and that's okay um i don't like that part of it but like i said i've got good people i'm i'm comfortable here i can travel elsewhere to find that ocean fix mm-hmm. or the mountain fix but you've made this Muncie your home. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
California. Now, when you go to the ocean, where do you go? Most of my family still lives in California. Okay, okay. so you All go right. out you go to California beaches. Mostly. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, those are the best yeah. beaches. Right. So. <laughs> I used to live in California as well. Oh, so. we're bad. But, well, not near <laughs> the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Barstow, California. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> the desert is beautiful in its own way. In, in its own short season way. <laughs> yeah, when it's not a million degrees. It's yeah. very beautiful. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. So what do you do for fun? Uh, travels, one. Okay. Oh, it's been my hands. I've been tied, though, this last oh, year. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's hard. On, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Um, th- that's, a, I love planning for it, anticipating and getting ready to go that, um, like, two years ago, I had one of those bucket list opportunities. We went to Peru and Ecuador and Galapagos Islands, which was one of my dreams to do. So I like to plan for trips like that. Um, I like my trips to have some sort of a purpose in them, but I'm okay with just enjoying also. Otherwise, you know, I, I, this time of year, I like to take my bike out and take a bike ride. I like to read. I like to garden. Those types of things that put me out in nature. Where's the next big uh, trip? Um, I don't know that it's a big trip because my dream was to go to spend a month in Florence this fall. Okay. Just sit there and go to the coffee shop, go visit, <laughs> you know, get it so that that little vendor down at the market knew who we were and what we wanted to get. And like, a, that's out the window. Um, so we've settled for <laughs> North Myrtle Beach. Hey, okay. That's not a such a Florence, bad place North to Florence. <laughs> They'll get to know you there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you mentioned your bucket list, that you've checked some things uh-huh. off. What else is on your bucket list? Do you want to like skydive? Or... Oh, God, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> that takes my feet way too high off of the ground. Uh, maybe not seem like this to most people, but actually to get back to Copenhagen to the human library offices. Oh, okay. That's certainly on my list to do that. During COVID, I had this thing where, um, what am I going to do with my time? And I started learning Norwegian. Oh. Because I had made a connection through one of the ancestry sites with a cousin in Norway. So I started, I thought, well, if I'm going to go to Norway, I need to learn Norwegian. So that's on my list there next. Wow. List, I feel say. like Norwegian would be hard to learn. I feel like it's not anything close to English. <laughs> You'd be surprised really? how many words are similar. Oh, I was okay. a language major. I was a French major in college. You, know, you There's a lot you can do with that, right? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> right? <laughs> But it was wonderful. Um, so I was a, I was a language major in French and German. And learning it has been more difficult for me. It could be because I'm a little bit older than when I learned languages before. But there are a lot of words that you go like, oh, I know what that word is. Oh, well, Surprised me. Oh, interesting. The alphabet's still the same. Oh, okay. So oh, we're right. okay there. Okay. Yeah. Now, when I was in Thailand and the alphabet was totally different, I definitely struggled there i would imagine yeah. so yeah <laughs> so tell me what do you want to be remembered for i want to be remembered as having been a kind and honest person honesty to me is just tantamount it's, it's the most important thing i think if we're honest that leads to kindness so i want to be remembered as a person who was was just good to other people And now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. Number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? Easy, the Beatles. Okay. Beatles, number one. That's, number a, good, one. that's a good choice. Someone, yeah. Are you an early bird or night owl? <laughs> My friends know 
If they text me at 1130 at night, they will probably get an answer. But do not talk to me at six in the morning. (laughs) I feel you. I am the same way. (laughs) What's your favorite book? That's not part of the human library. (laughs) (laughs) My all-time favorite book is The Little Prince by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I think there are life lessons there. Have you ever met anyone famous? You know, I think that word famous is needs to be defined. Mm-hmm. To me, I met Rodney Abergale. To me, he's famous. Well, yeah, <laughs> famous is whatever's famous to you. So. But have I met, you know, Tom Hanks? No. What's your guilty pleasure? I think it would be getting a big bowl of popcorn with a significant amount of butter on it, just the right amount of salt, all to myself, and then getting to sit down and just watch something mindlessly entertaining on TV. Okay. My evening. <laughs> sounds sounds good. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is, again, favorite. I, you know, these words are, I think the one that impacted me most was as a young girl was the West Side Story. I was a young preteen when it came out, and I don't know that I had ever looked, maybe this was the start of the human library in my own mind, because I had never looked at anything like with the inequalities, and the, and it just, it impacted me that there was a life different than what I was living. Mm-hmm. What's your hidden talent? I, <laughs> I'm pretty open about things. I think maybe that most people don't understand that I'm somewhat mechanically inclined. Okay. A fix-it. I can do a lot of fix-it. Mechanical fix-it stuff. Yeah. Those are important. Awesome. Those are good skills to have. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think a lot of people know that about me. Okay. Or would trust it. That <laughs> I would say, if I said, I'm going to fix it, help you fix it, they go, I'll call somebody. <laughs> do you sing in the shower? No. How about the car? Mm, yeah, sometimes oh, okay. on a long trip I might sing there. But typically I wouldn't want to hear my own voice or have anybody else hear it. But in the car probably. Okay. Yeah. Crank up some Beatles and <laughs> jam out, right? <laughs> or if I've just seen a musical, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. You gotta sing that. Yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Okay. For visual? Yes. Star Wars. Okay. For the puns, Star Trek. Okay. All right. You like them both. I like it. Good job. <laughs> All, right. All right. We'll take it. What's your most used emoji on your phone? You know that, that one that kind of has a snarky smile, like half smile, and it's like, yeah 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 like what did i do or the smile just it out now the little smiley with the cherub hands yeah yeah Yeah. those two i think okay very good well thank you so much for being our guest today and coming in the studio my pleasure anytime i can talk about the human library it's a great day excellent well thanks for stopping by the farmhouse bye So my Bologna has a first name. It's O-S-C-A-R. And my Bologna has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R. Is it M-A-Y or M-E-Y? No, is it Bologna or Bologna? Well, it's not Bologna. I will tell you that. I'm coming because out of the gate Because we looked it up swinging. on YouTube. No, because we had this whole discussion at home because Matt was like, Bologna. And I was like, what are you talking about? So, uh, Audia is uh, taking her lunch to school sometimes, and uh, we, we, we get the Lunchables, and one of the Lunchables is light bologna with cheese. Oh, yes. Okay. But that's it is... A, that's bo- how this started, and I said that out loud. I <laughs> read it, it the way it's, no. it's printed. And then we went somewhere else. We went to Kamak Station. Yes. And they have fried a fried bologna. bologna sandwich. And he's like, oh, look, you could get a fried bologna. And I was like, 
what in the H are you talking about? Like, come <laughs> on, bologna. And he's like, yeah, a fried bologna sandwich. And I'm like, you mean bologna? You can say that. You no, can say you bologna. Can't. No, you can't. You can say it is bologna. <laughs> no one in their right mind pronounces it bologna. Now, when you, you see it spelled out on a package well, or Yeah, whatever, that's what it looks it like. It is spelled bologna. With an A, not an I-E or anything, or E-Y, whatever. Okay, but no one calls it bologna. Not on, not in this uh, hemisphere, no. No, other, yeah, and actually. I'm sure if you go over to uh, Italy or something, it may be uh, bologna. Yes. That's my best Luigi. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bologna. (laughs) I don't think so. Not appropriate now. (laughs) You, you're you're going to take off the Italians that listen to this podcast. You are canceled, husband. Anyway, nobody looks at it and says, I would love a bologna sandwich. First of all, no one says, I would love a bologna. Like, no one wants a bologna sandwich. You eat it because you have it. Because you have Hey, it. some people out there really like their bologna. <sighs> some people do. This person does not. But some people do. But no one looks at it and is like, that's bologna. Maybe if you're really pronouncing it like it was written, yes. you would pronounce it bologna, if anything, because there's a G in the middle of it. Bologna. If you're gonna like insist on being pedantic about it, that's what you would call it. But but you look at it and you say bologna, it's even bologna. though there's no e y i e whatever. No, it is spelled bologna, and you're like, ah, that's bologna. Well, that's because we're in America, and that's just how we do things, and we can say things however the heck we want, because we are a melting pot of cultures and languages, and it has morphed into bologna, and everybody knows that when you look at bologna, it is called bologna, not bologna, no, or bologna. I, bologna. I, eat bologna. I can't even say it. <laughs> I eat bologna sandwiches. I like fried bologna every now and then. I have an aunt who used to be able to make fried bologna gravy. She can make gravy out of the fried bologna <laughs> fats, I guess, that were left over. Sounds know, disgusting, but she about, did it. I, they've talked about it. She it's can disgusting. make gravy out of anything. Well, I mean, Any kind of fat or meat that was, you know, drippings that were left I mean, over. All the gravy, she'd make gravy out of it. All the gravy is, is like the fat, and then you make like a roux or a, like a thing out of it. She was amazing at it. Ugh. Anyway, nobody looks at bologna and says bologna. Like, well, how do you say hours. hors d'oeuvres? Hors d'oeuvres? Well, that's a French word. Hors d'oeuvres? Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> now you sound like I'm the Swedish chef. <laughs> <laughs> also not appropriate. All those Swedish people out there are going to get really upset at this podcast. <laughs> but, okay, so hors d'oeuvres, yeah, you don't say it like that. But I, I blame that on being like French and we, we're Americans. We don't know how to say French. Now, what about, what, what would you call the dude in Clue? Oh, Colonel Mustard? Yeah, Colonel Mustard. Colonel Yeah, but it's mustard. spelled like colonial, like C-O-L-O-N-E-L. You are correct on that, but nobody <laughs> says it like that. I People I... say bologna, but they don't say no colonel. No one says bologna. Or, however you said it. Cor- cor- How'd you say it? What? Order? Colonel. Colonel. Colonial? Colonial. That's what it looks like. I know, but. Maybe it came from the colonies. I don't think so. It's probably French or Latin or something weird. That's how they. That's how they all morph and change, but. No one says bologna, I'm telling you. (laughs) Angie's really riled up about this, if you haven't uh, figured that out yet. I specifically told you we could not talk about this at lunch because I had to save my pent-up frustration for the podcast. We just have to save it for content. How about lasagna? You don't pronounce that lasagna? No, the G is silent. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I can't say it. (laughs) 
Lasagna, yeah. <laughs> Luigi. How about, do you pronounce it sherbet or sorbet? I say sherbet. I know, but it's supposed to be sorbet. <laughs> Is it sorbet? That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> Dude, you look at that word and it's sherbet. Well, that's what we call it here in here in middle America. Give me some orange sherbet. I would like some orange sorbet. Only rich people say that. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's not us. That's why we call it sherbet. <laughs> Some people call it ice cream, and I have to say, no. No. That is sherbet. Sherbet. sherbet is not ice cream. They are not the same. Now, you can get away with, like, frozen yogurt or froyo, like, masquerading as ice cream. Gelato? Ge- uh, Gelato is different, but it's close. It's like ice cream. It's Come like, on. but sherbet is not ice cream. That is a hill I will die on. <laughs> Bologna, you're, no! you want to argue about. I am going to argue about bologna because no one says it that way. You know why I think about this episode? It's, it's bologna. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k. Or find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone gone boss. boss.